This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome once again <laughs> to Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio with Christopher Gonzalez and Megan Barsulia. We would like to give a big thanks to Julie Lockton and all the folks at Move Radio for introducing our show to their listeners. We were given a very nice intro to the show today. I just wanted to give a, a thanks to Julie for that. What are we talking about today? Well, <laughs> newcomers. Newcomers are the theme of today's episode, and we will be discussing how to welcome them at your event. Taking it from the tippity tippity top, we have an article here <laughs> entitled 10 Ways to Make Newcomers Feel Welcome at a Con. This is available on Deus Ex Machina T.O. Deus Ex Machina T.O. Not really sure where they're going with that pronunciation. But anyhow, this is uh, on the website deusexmachinatio.com and we'll have a link for all of you later in the upload regarding that. All right. The introductory paragraph, a few days ago, I wrote some criticism about Worldcon, closed social groups, and how intimidating the experience was. It occurs to me that managing group behaviors and lowering barriers to entry are, how do you say, part of my freaking job. So it behooves me to offer a bunch of potential solutions, right? And no, none of them is make Worldcon a for-profit endeavor like DragonCon. Let's not be silly. Number one, a greeter slash buddy program. Per comments in the original Worldcon post, this idea is to get experienced and friendly volunteers willing to hang around at the registration desk. When a first-timer shows up, it's the greeter's job to show the ropes, explain lingo, answer questions. Even better, enough volunteers that the greeter can wander off with the new person for a while, make some initial introductions, maybe invite the new fan to lunch, and check on them periodically during the event to make sure they're doing okay. At a small con, you don't even need an explicit program for this so much as people who recognize it's important to do it. In fact, I consciously try to do this thing for people I don't know at a place like ArgFest, where I am that old-timer who knows everybody. Take it away, Megan. Okay. So first and foremost, thank you, Dave, for the, uh, or David, excuse me, for the help on getting us all nice and clear and running here. Yes, many, many thanks. Um, but back to the greeting or buddy program. Mm -hmm. um, I know when it comes to big events, the registration is typically my first stop. That's where I'm going to find my packet and the itinerary for the couple of days that I'll be there. Um, and most often that is where I find a friendly, smiling face. Someone who's more than willing to answer questions and give me directions on where something special might be happening. Like, for instance, we're going to have a special um, dinner. It'll be happening in the side room over there. Or, for instance, you know, the event starts with open dance in this ballroom right to your left. Um, they tend to be pretty informative and very nice and polite and very welcoming. Um, I know when it comes to some of the smaller dance events that we've gone to uh, for like, you know, just a couple hours or the whole day workshops that like wine country line dance or boots and buckles. Um, there's typically a desk or a table set up. As soon as you walk in, you have someone greeting you, um, welcoming you, um, kind of giving you, okay, well, here's where you're going to sign in. Um, take this name tag, fill out your name so that people know who you are. 
Um, I know that in the ones that I've never been to before, they get really, really excited when they see a brand new face. Um, so that makes me feel good. It makes already me feel like me showing up has made a difference. Um, and, you know, people just being very, very welcoming. I, I know at both specifically Wine Country Line Dance and Boots and Buckles, you know, I've had people walk up to me as I'm sitting down, you know, not even 20 minutes to half an hour into whatever the event might be and walking up and introducing themselves and saying hi and, you know, handing out hugs and all kinds of fun stuff. Um, and, you know, it just, it really makes a difference. It really makes an impression. I know part of the reason why I feel so at home at Wine Country Line Dance and at, um, Boots and Buckles is because of that effect, because people made an effort to make me as a brand new person when I first walked in the door feel like I belonged there and they wanted me there. So having someone just in general at the registration desk do that is a good start, but having the other people of the event or even just attendees of the event take that same pride and ownership and make other people feel welcome is a huge thing. I know um, when it comes to when we uh, help uh, throw on the Thursday night dance events with DJ Jeff, um, he's really, really good about getting on that mic and welcoming everybody and um, asking like who's the first timer and how we all feel in a night and you know just really breaking that ice right off the door out the door. Um, I've seen you on more than one occasions walk up to people and introduce yourself to them when it's a, a smaller group, um, catch their names and stuff like that. And uh, speaking of names, it is nice having a name tag system for people so that they don't feel like they're imposing when they want to introduce themselves. And like if, if they want to come up and say, like, oh, hi, my name is such and such, they they might feel like, well, the other person doesn't care that my name is whatever. Like, I, I shouldn't bother them at all. If you have a name tag, then the other person can read it. Like, you're not imposing on anyone. Also, it lets people know what you would prefer to be called because some people, you know, their, their given name might be something, but maybe they would rather be called by, like, their middle name. Or for some people, you never know, like, their, main, their name might actually be uh, David, and you don't know if it's okay to call them Dave. And <laughs> that, might, that might be... <laughs> you know, completely all right with them. And if they put that on their name tag, then it's like, oh, okay, I can call him Dave, like parentheses Dave. Like, so shout out to David Morgan. <clears throat> yeah, I know that um, a lot of people, because your name tag will say Christopher, they'll mm -hmm. ask, do you prefer Christopher or Chris? Oh, yeah. Generally speaking, you're like, whatever is fine. You know, I just want to become, you know, I want you to be comfortable and, you know, um, I'll respond to either. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, some people are very particular about what they are called. So that, that's definitely nice having the name tag. The other thing is, um, I like having the name tag so that people feel like it's okay if they can't recall my name immediately because it's right there. Mm -hmm. um, it because I know I know more than once I've been like, oh my gosh, I know that person. I know their name. Why can't I? Why can't I? Uh, and I'll like almost be hesitant to go and start a conversation with them because I feel so bad that I can't immediately recall their name. Mm -hmm. And I feel, although I will ask, I feel awkward being like, I'm so sorry. What was your name again? Mm -hmm. um, I always feel bad when I have to do that. Um, granted, it's the only way I'm going to 
get that clarification. However, if I have a name tag that I can read, it helps me also associate a face to a name that way. Mm -hmm. Because there's a name tag, I can constantly look at the name tag, look at the face, and have that almost that imprint happen, Mm -hmm. um, which helps with the also the new people. Mm -hmm. And as we've mentioned at least once in the past, when the former new kid can be the experienced person, and go from you know, learning everything and, and uh, not knowing any dances, trying to figure out everyone's names, and then a few months in, they're the person who knows these things. When the newest, newest person can come in, they can, they can step up and be like, oh, well, here's how things are, because I know these things now. It's just, if you had seen me six months ago, we just won't act like that ever happened. Like, <laughs> I know things now. That's the important thing. <laughs> Number two. A mixer event specifically for newcomers and con runners. And make sure to explicitly invite new fans to this event. This actually solves two problems. The isolation slash barrier to entry problem for a solo first-time congoer, and the problem of how to funnel people into volunteering and, in general, get more labor to make a con go. Take the people at the very top and the people at the very beginning and have them rub elbows. Make a point for the veterans to mingle with the new people, and not just each other. See this as a gentle recruiting opportunity. Meanwhile, new people make friends on the inside and start to get a sense of of belonging. And con runners get a sense of what's going through the heads of new people, which can otherwise be tricky if you've been in a community for a long time. Alas, it doesn't help the person with a day pass, and since it would be an evening event, it doesn't solve the problem of one or two really lonely and scary days at first. Um, Generally with the event style, um, this mixer event, I would say, would be like the welcome dance, Mm. the open dance the first night, where there's no um, lessons prior to that, uh, but at least the um, that beginning dance just kind of gets everybody's feet wet and a chance to like scope out the ballroom and see catch up with people you do know and meet new faces and that that opening dance or whatever tends to be that welcoming you know mixer per se. Mm-hmm. So, I I found that even though this doesn't tend to have quite the same intended effect as what is described in the article. Uh, the dinners that are sometimes hosted uh, can do that. I, actually, there's only one place where I've ever seen something as uh, as beginner-friendly as an ice cream social, and that's at the Bikes Peak uh, line dance event. Uh, otherwise, I would see more like you know, dinner with the instructors at uh, Windy City or Fun in the Sun. And while that does definitely uh, give an opportunity for people to mingle with the the people on staff... I would expect that more of the people there would be experienced dancers, like people who know who the choreographers are and would want to spend time with them. If you're completely brand new, as we've discussed before, you don't even know that these dances have choreographers. You just learn the dance. You just say, oh, that, there's a song, and here's the dance to it. So I guess it was just handed down from on high when the song came out or something. Uh, I, I do like things like the Pikes Peak Line Dance Ice Cream Social in the beginner room because it it encourages people who would normally just hang out in the main ballroom with all the intermediate dancers. 
uh, they have incentive to come into the beginner room and see these people that they otherwise might not have seen for the entire event if they were hiding in the main ballroom the entire time. Uh, then the beginners, who are just, they just happen to be there because that's where they feel most comfortable, they see these people with their nice sparkly team shirts or their you know previous event tie-dye shirts and they have something that they can say to them. They can interact with them in a way that does not depend on their level of dance ability. If they're in the intermediate ballroom, like, and they're not doing the dances, like, when would they interact? And the intermediate people might not think to come to the beginner ballroom to do dances with them. So having something like that ice cream social, that mixer event for the experienced and less experienced attendees, um, it, it kind of equalizes the playing field. Yeah, I know, um, one, I did, I personally loved that ice cream social event because one how do you go wrong with ice cream and two because it was in the beginner room it really did encourage everyone to stop into that beginner room i know they also um at pike's peak they started the dancing and i think it was like almost like an hour earlier in the beginning in the beginner room and then they moved into that (laughs) all request or the um more intermediate or up to intermediate dances, uh, which we had stopped over into the beginner room. And I remember having a blast in the beginner room. I, I love it. I actually remember also after the event mentioning to you that we need to make a point to at least go into the beginner room a little bit at each event just because of how much fun we always have in this you know, beginner room. It's people are having fun. They're learning new dances. Um, and it's a chance for us to learn new dances too, mm-hmm. uh, that we can maybe pick up on the floor or people get really, really excited when, uh, they feel included, they feel seen. And I know that like the ice cream social really helped with that. I know any of these lunches or dinners, uh, with choreographers is really fun and helpful. Um, I liked the fact that, you know, like we got to meet some people that we otherwise probably wouldn't have talked to mm-hmm. um, just because of where we were all end up sitting in each of the rooms or, you know, if they went to late night dancing versus us going to late night dancing versus early morning uh, you know, workshops, which we're notorious for sleeping through, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's nice having that opportunity to sit down and just talk with people. Mm-hmm. And what was that quote that you had about ice cream? Huh? The uh, the cows and happiness and. Oh gosh, I don't remember what it was. Um, it was uh, money can't buy happiness, but it can buy cows, and cows make milk, and milk makes ice cream, and ice cream makes everyone happy. That sounds about right. Something like that. Yeah, very relevant to our current discussion. Number three, get out of the hotel rooms at night. This one is probably pie in the sky for reasons of tradition and budget, but I also see it as deadly important if you're serious about lowering social barriers to entry. There's a real disconnect between how hotel rooms are perceived in culture and how they're used at Worldcon, and I assume other SFCons. Hotel rooms are understood to be private spaces. They are bedrooms. They're places you go for privacy. And intimacy. Telling a first-time congor to go to a hotel room for a social event is intimidating and scary. 
They do not know whether or not to expect a murder sex pain orgy. After hours, social events are much more welcoming in bars, restaurants, lobbies, parks, spaces understood to be public already. That, that, that's that's one way to go. Um, <laughs> I do know that um, in Palm Springs last year, Ruben Luna threw a really, really good, like, social event where there was food and there was drinks and just a lot of hanging out. Um, it was at the hotel, but it was in, like, you know, an area you would rent out for, like, a, a conference or something like that. So it was definitely not a bedroom right. hotel because I know when it comes to me, I'm more hesitant about the idea of, oh yeah, there's we're, there's a party going on in this room. And you're like, oh yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to my room where I know it's safe. <laughs> um, whereas I know we've gone and met people for dinner afterwards um, at restaurants or we've gone and met, um, although you and I didn't have anything, we've met people at a bar before and you know, like just talked for a couple hours. Um, I know specifically ice cream is a favorite going back to ice cream. Um, we were just out to ice cream with our friends, Kat and Noel after a real quick dancing, um, just last Sunday. So it was, it was nice. You know, you go out social place, you get to talk, you get to have fun, you get to, you know, relax and enjoy company. Um, without there being that added pressure of the idea, like, okay, yeah, this is a little bit different. Number four. Make a room in the convention for stragglers. But definitely not a hotel room like the con suite, for the reasons detailed above. This would be a room in the con proper for people to go when they're lost and at a loose end and in the mood to meet new people. There should be rules about how to behave, making sure to say hello and introduce yourself to people coming in, most notably, so you don't just wind up with closed social groups inside of this room, which would defeat the whole purpose. Its existence should be widely publicized. The lobby at Vegas Dance Explosion. Oh, my heavens. Um, I can't tell you what an impression that lobby had made for me on what I would like to see at like every event. I like the idea that there's this room that's still part of this world of dance. It's not just the, oh, here's the restaurant or the, you know, the lobby of the hotel that this event is being held at where everybody and their brother walk through. Um, the lobby for uh, Vegas Dance Explosion is still tucked away in the same world that this safe line dancing um, event is taking place. You're still part of it. You haven't gone very far. It's in the middle of everything um, where all the ballrooms pretty much led out right into it in one way or another. And they have food there and they have the vendors there and they have music and a dance floor there and they have tables and they have comfortable chairs um, so that People can go there and that be their hub, basically. This is where, oh, I'm not going to take the next lesson or the next hour's lessons or for whatever reason, my feet hurt, I need a break or I need to get something to eat before I pass out. Or as they say in the article, if you're a straggler and you went out and you came back and now you're 15 minutes late for every lesson that's going on, you don't have to wait 45 minutes to enjoy yourself. You can wait three minutes till the next song comes on. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know that... 
we moved around a lot in that lobby. Um, we kind of generally stayed to the edge of the dance floor because, well, naturally, we like to run out on the dance floor at any given moment. Um, but I do know that we've sat at the tables a little bit further back a couple times, um, as well as, like I said, we hugged the dance floor a lot and we got to talk to so many different people. And I mean, obviously we had some great experiences with the choreographers joining us, but then we also met people like Chuck and Teresa, who I'm so excited for Vegas because I haven't seen them in almost a year. So I'm really looking forward to being able to catch up with them over this past year and see, you know, where life has really taken them. Um, minus the little bit of followings of Facebook slash Instagram social media that we've been able to do. Um, it's really nice to be able to catch up with those people in person. Well, had they not come and talked to me the first day I was there, being a brand new person, never being at an event like this before, I might not have had that experience. Um, same thing with Marcy from Boots and Buckles. She did the same thing in Vegas. She approached me um, you know, she was the one who learned my name and knew the dances that I knew because I would always be out there dancing them near her or near Chuck and Teresa. And so now it's like, no, no, this is my spot right next to you when we dance this dance. Um, and they really made a, an impact on me being this is my first event just by being, no, come on, come on, come on, come on. I saved a spot for you. This is our dance, you know, and it really helps having that lobby for people to have those experiences. Number five, an icebreaker game. Games are not my solution to everything, but games can be a solution to lots of things, and this is one of them. At registration, give people several of a thing. Name tags in the most boring iteration, but can be skinned with pictures, collectible cards, whatever. The point of the game is to collect as many unique varieties of these cards as possible. I'm not stopping the post to design the whole game. I know the rules don't quite add up yet, but we could totally make it work. Offer a reward. Smart players will focus on people who look a little lost and alone, and the interaction required to get someone's tag or card might just result in a more lasting friendship. Or at least acquaintanceship. Added bonus. This has sponsorship opportunity written all over it. One of the games that comes to mind that at first I was very very hesitant because I'm I'm skeptical about throwing myself out there when it comes to games I honestly am um I know how important they are so it takes me a minute or two but I do overcome that uncomfortable hesitant side but comes uh the one that I'm talking about is the animal sound effect game from boogie till the cows come home that one came to mind for me as well um whereas in our registration packets we got a little card that had some type of animal written on it and the game was you were supposed to pull out that animal card and in this giant room make the sound effect that that animal makes and find your other animals. There's supposed to be like six or eight different uh, people in your group. So as soon as you find all your animals, you're supposed to go up front to get a piece of paper. Well, on this piece of paper is basically just a, a small little, what was it, like 16 counts or something like that? It was, it was really small. It was very short um, of a little step sheet. 
and it was it was pretty simple steps and you know there was a group of us that pretty much um in my particular group anyways I know there was like two or three of us that were um, at least somewhat used to reading step sheets at the time um, and just kind of calling out steps and being used to that. So like the two or three of us were trying to decipher this quick step sheet. Um, and in my group, you know, like there would, it, we actually stood in three different lines and one of us were in each different line. I ended up being in the center. Um, so as, as we were walking through it, people could see what we were doing. And then sure enough, by the time we realized it, everybody in the whole room was actually doing the same exact dance. I at first thought it was going to be just a little segment of, oh, here's a dance, here's a segment, here's a segment, here's a segment, and all these groups are then going to come together for one big dance. But, um, you know, it was all the same thing. So it was really kind of cool to think of the idea that, one, you know, we're all here different levels, different experiences, different years of experience, um, different roles. Some of us are just dancers. Some of us are dancers and instructors. Some of us are choreographers as well. You know, like whatever your level or your role at the time may be, here we are in this one giant group as a whole again. Um, And it was a really nice way for me to kind of see it as a even though we're all individuals, we can come together and do the same thing and really enjoy ourselves. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> Number six, bind groups of newcomers together. A variation on idea of one up there, but introducing first-timers to other first-timers, which has its pros and cons. At the registration desk, make a waiting area for people who would like to be assigned a group. When a critical mass has been achieved, say 8 or 10 people, everyone exchanges contact information, makes plans, and in general vows to stick together. I have some logistical doubts on this one. Registration happens very gradually, but from what I saw, and you're not really giving the first-timers an incentive to stick together, but uh, it's easy to implement at least. It's possible this could be tweaked into something more functional. This actually reminds me of a concept whose name I don't remember in... Japan, and because I have access to the world's information at my fingertips, I'm going to look it up. And it's something like a group of, uh, what is it, like lifelong friends. Uh, there, there must be a name for it. Let's see if we can find it here. Uh, Japan, lifelong friends, five secrets of Okinawa. Oh, here we go. I think this this has this has all the relevance in the world to what it is that I'm talking about here. So uh, there's this concept of blue zones, and blue zones occur all over the world uh, where people have especially long life. Okinawa, Japan is one of those places, and there is a term that does not seem to appear in this, uh, this article, but it, it has to do with um, having friends that you stick with for your entire life. And having that lifelong friendship, um, I'm not even sure how they like create it, but it's almost it's not quite formally arranged. It's just one of those things that happens. Um, it it helps you look forward to things and enjoy things more deeply um, as you know life progresses. On a smaller scale, uh, this can happen at an event where 
people share certain experiences like it's like almost when you share a trauma like um people who go through war or people who go through a terrorist attack or whatnot uh, they become like instantly bonded because they went through that difficulty together if you are together during a difficult dance you can have that sense that like forever you are inner intertwined with this person who did all these crazy movements like gimme gimme um side by side if you're a newcomer and the other person is more of like an experienced person they might look like they're breezing through it and you feel like you're struggling so you don't feel like you shared that same experience exactly if you're both completely new and you know that you each struggled during that dance then you feel that sense of kinship and like empathy like you know what they're feeling and that's sort of um, how it can feel like when you're one of four people doing Skinny Love of so- or Sound of Silence and you have that like deep emotional tr- semi-traumatic experience of like being lifted up and then crushed back down and then lifted back up. You know what it's like to be that other person. And the people who are just on the sidelines watching, they don't feel that. Uh, they-, they can only watch. So having the newcomers do this together and have all the difficulties occur at the same time for them can make them feel closer to each other as they uh, experience and exit the event. Very true. Um, The other thing I actually really like, just in general, is I get kind of a sense of this when it comes to the workshops during the hour anyways. Um, Because our instructors are so good about saying, you know, no matter how hard you're struggling or if this is your first time or your hundredth time, don't worry, stick with me. We can get you through this. And by the end, we'll all be doing the same move. And it's very helpful to be included in that. Um, Another kind of thing is, I mean, I know it's not necessarily specifically referenced to newcomers, but... If there's something that can be shared in each of those lessons that's slightly different, like for instance, um, Rebecca Lee and Gimme Gimme in Vegas, at the end, she had us turn around and all yell, you know, and so now it's, it's one of those things where there's only a few of us that do that because we were the only few that were in that class, um, Whereas if you can have something different for each of your classes, it's kind of like this special secret group that you're a part of with all of these other people that have now spread across the world and gone back home. Um, it's really fun to have those little secrets or those little special moments that it's really nothing when you look at the big picture, but it's so inclusive Um for that particular class, it's such a shared moment. It's a sh- it's such an experienced thing that we were all there at the same time going through this um, that really helps make it memorable and want you to do something again in the future. I've noticed that with the, the dance AK Freak on the East Coast, where I learned the dance, I know the steps, but when they hear the music start and the, the part, there's that part at the beginning where it goes, they all wave their arms over their head like the wacky, waving, inflatable arm tube men. And that wasn't, that's, I mean, from what I recall, it wasn't in the step sheet. Maybe it is and I just missed it. But they all knew to do that somehow. 
So they must have experienced that together at some point in a way that we, who weren't there, didn't get to experience. So I could see, like, oh, that's nice that they have that together with each other. But, like, it would feel weird for me to do that because it's almost like I didn't earn it. I wasn't really there for that. Or um, in Cliché Love Song, when they do the bump-ba-dump-ba-dump-bump, huh. A lot of people will do the huh, and I imagine that probably came from some lesson that many of them took from Guyton or Joe or John. But when I learned it, I learned the steps, and I didn't learn the huh. So, again, it, it's one of those things that you know, I can know the steps, but I want to be there for more of those experiential um, moments and that it gives you incentive to attend classes, even if you already know it's good to just go to the class and then find out what are some of the little secrets that you know the instructors can tell you about that now you've earned, that now you can be part of. Mm-hmm. Number seven, communal meals. Eating lunch or dinner by yourself when you don't want to is a sad, sad thing. Something like a world con is much too big to say, okay, let's everyone meet at Taco Heaven at 7 p.m. for dinner. Instead, you could say, everyone who wants to join a mixed group going out to lunch, meet in the lobby in front of the Starbucks at 6.30 and we'll figure it out from there. Then the whole group organizes itself into manageable chunks by, say, what they feel eating and goes from there. Have a volunteer there to triage and make sure nobody too shy to speak up gets left out. Um, that's certainly a, a good way to do it if it's not already organized. Um, but like we had mentioned earlier, I know some of these events actually host a separate meal um, specifically with choreographers to entice people to join it. Uh, but most of the time you're sitting at a table with at least six to eight other people in addition to the choreographer so that you can actually have these conversations and talk with people and get to know them. Um, that's one of the things that I experienced. Um, it was nice because they, they included it at, uh, dancing for the dream. They had a little lunch break, which was fun. I know that, uh, when they started passing out all of the sandwiches, um, I saw all these big heavy boxes. So, you know, I naturally was like, Oh, here, let me go ahead and just hold the box for you as we walk around the room and you can just hand out the sandwiches that much faster. People get their food that much quicker. Um, and it's an easy chance for someone who likes to be involved and help, but don't know how, like where their services could be used. It's a nice way for like, like I said, for me, I just jumped up and helped because I saw something I could do. Um, I know that they did it at, uh, the lunch at, um, Pike's Peak. I really enjoyed that lunch. That was really nice that we were all in the same room and it was, everyone was invited to it. It was included in the registration. Um, and you got to sit with just a bunch of different people. Uh, we were fortunate enough to also be able to sit with one of the choreographers. So that was nice. Um, but for, that was Madison. Uh, but for the most part, I didn't even have hardly any conversation with Madison. I was talking with the people to the next side of me. Um, and then there was also the dinner at, uh, fun in the sun, which ironically was the week after. And, um, we sat with Madison again. (laughs) Um, and I got, we got to meet more people and we got to talk to people again and find out more stories. And it's a really nice, fun way to do it. 
um, because you get to meet more people, you get to sit with choreographers, you just kind of get to enjoy yourself. Um, I do know that any event in which a meal is offered, I will probably be signing up for that meal because it is so nice to know, oh, on this day, I don't have to think about where I'm eating. I know I'm going to eat at this place at this time because I paid for it. <laughs> you know, it's already arranged. It's included. You don't have to settle for an $8 sandwich in the gift shop or try to find an Uber or a Lyft to get you to the nearest grocery store slash Target slash Walmart. Yes. Or if you're high class, you know, the nearest restaurant. But, um, you know, it, it was... One of those things where it's like, I got to experience that. One of the things I do like is that they do that just the one day, which does give you the opportunity to make other plans. I know um, we were able to join a couple of our friends in um, Oregon at Northwest Line Dance Blast um, for a meal. Granted, I don't think we ate at the time, but you know, like we still went out with them and we still got to have that socialization with them. Um, and got to know them even better. I mean, and here are people we dance with pretty regularly, but we got to have that extra special time. Um, I know we got to actually get to know people in uh, Palm Springs when we went out to dinner. And, you know, so it's really nice to have those those moments where you have those opportunities. Hey, we're going to go order pizza. Did you want to chip in and we can all eat pizza together versus also, you know, hey, we're going to go out to eat or hey, we're ordering this. Did you want anything to just the random person? You know, what are your dinner plans tonight? Just kind of include them in when it's something that's going to be, you know, like if you're not even leaving the hotel room and you're ordering pizza, it's very nice to split the delivery cost and the cost of pizza with a couple people. Um, and then they're bringing the food to you, which is also beneficial. But, um, you know, it, the, the less you can use your feet at a dance event, the better. Yeah. <laughs> or at least not for dancing. Um, so it's nice to have those spots where you can go and everybody can eat together, or at least a big group of people can eat together. Um, cause you get, like I said, you get to meet people that you otherwise probably wouldn't have. Number eight. Check on stragglers. Another variation on idea one up there. Have a team of volunteers whose function is to wander the halls looking for people who look lost or alone or confused, as opposed to volunteers walking the halls waiting to be flagged down. The volunteers should proactively see if anyone needs help, not just finding where a panel is, but maybe being introduced to someone to hang out with for a while. This relies on there being people around to be introduced to, but it was my experience that the people who had been around for a while knew half the con, so this may not actually be an issue. I think there might be some of this going on already, actually, but it's worth seeing if there is more that could be done. Um, I like the idea of having volunteers to do this as well, um, but I know for me... Sometimes I'll get into my zone and it'll totally just like slip my mind for whatever reason. But sometimes when I'm really paying attention, I'll see that someone's sitting by themselves and be like, oh, you know, I'm going to go say hi to them. I know you're really good at that, too. Um, and every once in a while, uh, you'll say something to someone and that'll snap me out of my zone. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I should be paying attention. You know, there's more people than just me around here. Um, 
And I know you've done a really good job of inviting people to eat with us um, as well as just check on people. I know I've talked to people before and say, you know, like, so how are you, how are you liking it? What do you thought so far? Um, do you have any questions? Um, stuff like that. I know when it comes to, uh, Stonies, just recently I saw a couple people dancing on the sidelines. I was like, come on, come on, come on. I'll, I'll lead you on the floor. And it, it just takes that extra moment just of observation to really, you know, be considerate and pull someone aside and say, hey, how's it going? Or are you having fun? Is there anything I could do to help? Or just, you know, make that extra little something, even if it's not necessarily your event. Um, one, they're going to feel better. And two, you're going to feel better. Number nine, a visual signal. This one might also be hard to implement. Make some sort of visual indicator that someone is interested in meeting other people, and be sure to explain it to newcomers at the registration desk, and offer one of whatever the signal is. Don't position it as an emergency, I am lonely emergency flare, because then nobody would want to use it. This can't be a badge ribbon. It has to be much more visible and distinctive than that. You should be able to spot it from across the room. Dealy boppers? An LED badge? The second half of this, of course, is to make sure people will go out of their way to say hello to the people wearing the signal. Fortunately, fandom is absolutely full of gregarious and warm people, so I'm confident that wouldn't be an unsurmountable problem. Actually, you know, I remember in Vegas, they sort of have done the opposite of this, where on the back of the name badge, it says... Like, hi, sorry, I'm just interested in dancing or something like that. And I never even thought this was like an issue. I wonder if I have one of my name badges. It's probably around here on one of the walls hanging from some hook or another. Um, oh, is that it right there? Would you please pull that that down from the wall and we can get to the bottom of what this message is. It's the only place, the only event I have ever seen this uh, this sort of message made so clear. What does it say on the back? It says, Thank you, but I'm not interested. I'm here to dance. Thank you, but I'm not interested. I'm here to dance. I... That That is interesting because I've never encountered anyone at a dance event myself who thought that I was interested in anything other than dancing. I think when it comes to something like that, they were referring to like people who are handing out flyers or trying to get you to buy something if you're out, um, say, shopping in Vegas or something like that, or people who are trying to get you, um, like to try gambling at one of the tables. If you have that, you know, flipped over, it's saying, no, I'm not interested in whatever you're trying to sell right now. I don't want to buy a condo here in Vegas. I'm just here to dance. That makes a lot of sense. And it wouldn't even have occurred to me because I never leave the ballroom. (laughs) If I do, it's to nap. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe uh, refuel briefly um (laughs) if i'm not eating like at the ballroom exactly um it's an interesting idea i haven't actually really seen it other than um i guess it would make sense because a lot of times when you go to um someone's birthday at some place or whatever, they'll have some type of sash or they'll wear like a tiara or some type of hat or something where it's like a pin that says it's my birthday. Um, or for instance, bachelorette parties do that too. Um, I know 
you know, there was a, a checkoff list that one of my friends wore at his bachelor party where they, they had to get like certain things checked off and then people had to sign their name on his shirt or something like that. Um, so it makes sense that, that this would be something that people would recognize in the sense of like, oh, that person has something going on. It would be something that would draw your attention to them. And then it would just be a matter of the next step going up and talking to people. Um, I honestly don't know if that's so much of an issue when it comes to the line dance events, though. Like, I know for the most part, people have been really, really good, at least towards me when I was first going to events. And even, you know, when it's my, although I've been going to events for almost a year now, when it's the first time at that event, people are really, really good about talking and inviting me and including me in the conversations. Um, it does help when you become more familiar with people, having that one extra person that you can kind of like shadow a little bit, like at Fun in the Sun, because I had gotten there a day earlier than you. Um, I was down at the pool with our friend Sheila. And we were kind of talking and I kind of just, you know, we were doing our own things. But at the same time, we were like sitting together and we were talking a little bit. Um, she went over to the uh, the outside bar. I joined her. And that's when I really got talking with Jen Cameron. You know, it's like, so it's like it was kind of that like opening into that conversation had I not had that one other person. Um, so I could see how if you have some type of buddy system or someone who, some type of signal saying, yeah, you know, I, I want to talk to people. I want to meet them. Feel free to ask me about a, um, you know, that would in, in have people, uh, more inclined to know, okay, that person does want to be approached. Also, it helps for identifying who these people are because, for example, it, you say it might be easier for, for you to be approached at an event. I think people know, oh, this person's like 15 to 20 years younger than everyone else in the room. <laughs> I don't think she's been here before. Let's go say hi. We had two newcomers at Dolly's beginner class this morning, and I would have just assumed they were part of the class already. Like, I know who a lot of the regulars are. Uh, because we know them like well, we talk to them and uh, you know go to brunch with them and whatnot. But the folks who were there today, I don't go often enough so that I would have thought they were not normal students. I had no idea it was their first time, except from the fact that like I could see them on the sidelines, you know, talking with Dolly, and I could hear her saying like this or that. Uh, so if they had not been introduced as newcomers. Uh, they probably would have just blended right in and we wouldn't have thought to encourage them to come back next week or tell them what a great job they did for their first time ever doing these dances. If they had had some kind of a name tag with like sparkles on it or something like that, then maybe we would have been able to spot them sooner and that would have been their standout thing that lets us know that they're not just one of the normal class. That is a really, really good point. Um, and it's nice that we had someone introduce them to us because one, like you said, we didn't, it didn't occur to us, you know, off the top of the bat, but as well as, you know, like 
Dolly took it upon herself to introduce them into two to two other people so that, you know, there's more faces that they know and recognize for the next time. They'd be like, Oh, I remember these people talked to me, these people were really nice, these people were friendly, these people you know, whatever it was, um, the impression we may have given them um hopefully was encouraging because I love I love beginners, first timers, like it's so much fun. Um, and hopefully we made them feel welcome enough that they do want to come back. Um, but like you said, we wouldn't have, it wouldn't have occurred to us really that this was their first time had we not been introduced or had some type of identifying something or other. Number 10, give intro to the con information immediately at registration. If you're doing any of this stuff, you have to make sure the people who need to know about this stuff know about it. There were a couple of so-it's-your-first-world-con panel sessions, but honestly, the moment to give the information is at the first point of contact, at the registration desk, before people have had too much time to start to feel confused or left out. Best case, have someone explain out loud while handing over the badge. Also, include a printed flyer or easy reference card on bright paper, explaining how a first-time con-goer can meet people and get the most out of the efforts aimed at them. Even a proposed agenda for first-timers filled in already with mixers and meetups. And make sure the information isn't buried deep in the registration materials. Let's be honest, most people aren't going to look that carefully at the stuff the desk hands over, so you have to go out of your way to make it hard to impossible to overlook. You know who does a really good job of this is Planet Fitness because they'll give you their little information sheet and right there in front of you, they will start circling things and highlighting things that they could have just printed out like that to begin with, but they're going through the whole process process with you, making sure your eye is drawn to what they're talking about. And that way you know, as the person behind the desk, that the the first-time visitor has seen what you want them to see. You're like practically checking it off and sometimes literally checking it off as you go. That's really true. Um, I know I've, I've had that done a couple times with me at different um, things that I think we could really benefit from if we start started something similar to this at any of the line dancing stuff. Um you know, you could even just so much as circle the ballrooms and be like, okay, so this ballroom here is going to be located right there. This ballroom right here, asterisk, uh, is going to be over there. Um, this is where we're going to have our dinner on Saturday night. So make sure that if you paid for that, you know, you're here 10 minutes early to get ready for line or something like that. Um and then this way, you're still telling them the same information, but you're really, you know, bringing it to their attention. This article is entitled 10 Ways to Make Newcomers Feel Welcome at a Con by Andrea Phillips, Deus Ex Machinatio. And the spelling on that is D-E-U-S-E-X-M-A-C-H-I-N-A-T-I-O dot com. That's been our article. Here comes another one that is related, simple ideas for making newcomers feel welcome right from your seat. Edited by Margot Dixon for use at UUCLVPA on January 1st, 2013. This was originally written with the intent of 
keeping people feeling welcome at a church, and through a few minor modifications, we can see how this relates to dance events as well. How do we ensure that folks coming through our doors feel welcomed, included, and recognized? How do we ensure that visitors leave and return, knowing that they have found their place at our congregation? In a recent article, Diana Davis, author, speaker, and host of KeepOnShining.com, raised some wonderful ideas that I want to share with you. They are meaningful and effective, and can be done right from your seat. Will you make a commitment to welcome every guest who sits near you on Sunday morning? Empower yourself to reach out to old and new friends alike. Extend the hand of friendship. Here are some ways to get started. Make a specific commitment. Look at the sanctuary-slash-dance area layout and select an area such as a section of seats or the three rows nearest you. Never mind if others greet them. Few complain about being overwelcomed. You know, it's true when they say few complain about being overwelcomed. Um, one of the things I know, a little bit more abstract, that I loved... And I told my associates all the time when I was a store manager at a retail store is I would rather people complain about being pestered from saying, hi, how's it going? And people, you know, like you guys are too friendly. You're too welcoming. Then I was ignored for the last, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Um, or it was hard for me to find help or something like that. Um, and so the same mentality is certainly plausible when it comes to these dance events is, you know, if you take it upon yourself, if, cause people are inclined to sit in the same seats, generally speaking, um, at every event, I know we find ourselves typically pretty close to the DJ, um, that it would be really easy just to talk to those people around us every time. And that really kind of familiarizes yourself with those particular individuals, which helps, you know, make them a little bit easier to recognize at future events. It helps, you know, build a bigger friendship for the particulars that are not only you, but the people around you. Um, and if you just make that a habit at every event, you know, before you know it, it becomes such, such a second nature to talk to the people around you. Um, and really, you know, find out where they're from and what their story is and why they're here, um, other than to obviously dance, but like what it was about this particular event that drew them to it. Um, you get more information that way. I know also one of my favorite things to do, which I need to remember I can do at dance events more, is when I'm standing in line at, say, Disneyland for a ride, I love talking to people around me because they're from all over. Well, hey, guess what? They're from all over when it comes to these dance events, too. So it's one of those things that I have to remind myself a little bit here and there is that, you know, I have that same opportunity sitting next to these people at these dance events that I do when I'm standing in line at Disneyland. I like that they say make a specific commitment because it's very easy to just put your stuff in some area and then say, well, I have to go back there because that's where my stuff is. Or, oh, I'm so hot. I just need to sit by the fan for the next however long until the next song comes on that I want to do. If you're able to get through or past those self-imposed obstacles, then you can get strategic about how much time there is in uh, the dance 
evening and where you will end up after each song. So let's say you're going to be there from eight till midnight for a, you know, conservative estimate of how long you want to be in a ballroom. That's four hours, eight to midnight, four hours. Okay. Now in a ballroom, depending how it's laid out, usually there's the whole front wall with the stage, not a whole lot of seating there on the side wall. It might be semi wide, but, um, you can look at that as two different sections. Like the, um, the, what would that be? The more 130 side of the sidewall and the more 430 side of the sidewall. So there's two spots there. And then that means there are two spots on the other side. And then on the back wall, since it's wider, usually there are going to be maybe four spots, um, you know, going from left to right. You can see like there are the two spots furthest on the outside and the two spots furthest uh, cl- or closest to the middle. So that gives you eight spots total, four hours in the first half hour. Every time you complete doing a dance, go to that 1.30 corner. And then if it's now between 8.30 and 9 o'clock, every time you complete a dance, go to the 4.30 corner and so on. Just make your way all the way around the room and decide, I'm not going to go back to my spot where no one's going to come over and talk to me because I'm way over the heck in the corner with the DJ. I am going to put myself out into these other spots and... I can go get my stuff later. You know, if I'm overheating, that's unfortunate. Uh, but like what I found myself doing at Fun in the Sun, because it was so warm and I did want to sit by the fan, is I would just keep going to the fan. And that wasn't the 130, the 430, or any of those other spots. That was me alone or with you or sometimes Rachel and Maddie sitting by the fan. And then a song would come on, I would go out to the, the floor, and then I would go back to the fan. And that's a lot of social interaction that I could have had at any of those spots around the ballroom that I didn't because I was just overheated. <laughs> so yeah, that's a way to do it specifically and strategically. To be fair, I did make a few friends by the fan. This is true. And actually, there were two fans uh, on either side of the stage. Uh, a lot of the younger folks, the East Coast folks, were over by the far fan, and then uh, we had the... The even younger folks that are a fan, uh, the ones who were there for Kids Day and the kids' performance. Yeah, good folks. I like them. High energy. Second on this list. Just say hello. Speak to each person who sits in that area. Check their name tag. Call them by name. A simple, hi, Teresa, can mean the world, even to regular attendees. Watch for ways to encourage them. Give them a shy smile, if you have one. I feel like we just covered this. Next point on the list. (laughs) Smile. A welcoming smile warms the heart of the shyest, most reticent newcomer. Yeah, like I had mentioned earlier, um, the registration desk Typically speaking, the first person you see has a giant smile on their face. Um, and that already ma- helps to add to the excitement of being there. Um, and it helps to ease any like tension or fears or worries about being there. Um, I know with it being our first time at Fun in the Sun, you know, we were really hesitant since the only other experience we had on the East Coast was Big Bang. And so it's like, okay, how many people are we going to recognize? Are we going to be those weird kids again? Are we, I mean, like, how is this going to go? And like, 
having the people welcoming right off the bat, you're like, oh, well, what do I care? I'm here to have fun. They obviously want me to have fun. So yay, I'm, I'm having fun. You know, it's like, it just kind of washes it away. Um, but if you're sitting in a ballroom and someone smiles, it helps to maintain that same, this is fun. This is encouraging. Let's keep doing this. Um, as opposed to if you turn around and someone's, you know, you know, like almost grimacing towards the dance floor or has, um, some type of negative emotion being expressed, um, it can very easily take someone out of that same comfort and, oh, this is so much fun. And it's like, oh, oh maybe this isn't fun. Wait, what's going on? What am I doing wrong? <laughs> you know, uh, so if you remember just even, even when you're just watching the dance floor and you're exhausted and your feet are killing you and you're sweating and uncontrollably and very grossly, as long as you just remember to have a smile on your face because this is currently your life. Like, if this is what's wrong with your life, your feet hurt from six hours of dancing, then I think you're doing pretty good. You know, um, it helps to keep people engaged and having that same kind of fun. Two things. One, um, I sometimes notice when I'm driving how rare it is to see people smiling, especially in their car. Like, they look like they're very serious and they have somewhere they need to be. And that's it. But then some people look like they're just driving and enjoying driving. I think, way to go, dude. You just made my day. (laughs) And I think about, like, what kind of person would Joe be if she were driving around? And I feel like she'd be one of those smiling drivers. She's just happy, you know, maybe playing music, maybe thinking about her family or looking at the nice scenery outside. And then I just, I mean, it's one of the many examples when I think, like, what would Joe do? How could I be more like Joe today? (laughs) And, um... I remember pointing that out to my nephew Ronan when we were going through the city on a bus recently. Uh, He had come over to visit from Florida. And I was pointing out to him uh, all the different people and saying, like, where do you think this person's going? Or, oh, look, that that person's got a camera. Do you think they got any good pictures today? Just to having him notice people's faces and, uh, like, the people who were walking together and smiling and laughing and talking and the people who were looking down and moving really quickly. And uh, just trying to think, like, what what do you suppose each of these people's lives are like? Just kind of encourage them to think about, you know, what's going on for them. Uh, Also, if you are at a place like an event, you, in a way, are like the wallpaper. So be pretty wallpaper and smile, you know, be something nice to see. And uh, you can add to somebody's experience in that way. Uh, Oh, also, um, part of this... Uh, I'm going to say this, if I can, the same thing twice, but with different expressions and um, just see which see which one you think would be the more pleasant to talk to. So there's a, hi, oh, uh, yeah, my name's Christopher. Um, yeah, it's my first time. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a really good event. Um, yeah, yeah, I met a lot of people, met a lot of people. Versus, hi? Oh, yeah, my name's Christopher. Yeah, it's, it's my first time. Oh, it's been a really good event. I've met a lot of people. <laughs> so, yeah, there's fearful and, um, and giving the person the impression that you don't want to talk. And you're afraid of what they think of you. And in a way, you're putting them 
in a position that they don't want of like this you, you as the scared person you are saying uh oh this person probably doesn't like me and they're probably mean and they're probably going to do all these terrible things to me by me sharing my opinion and the other person is saying you know i wasn't going to do any of those things like why would you think that about me like did i do something wrong that you made you made that assumption about me am i wearing my like spikes and chains today and i just forgot <laughs> to take them off whereas the other version is like you know we've been friends for years you're a good person and i'm happy i'm talking to you and also remember to take off your spikes and chains <laughs> before you go to an event, unless it's one of Guyton's classes. <laughs> take it away, Megan. Oh, my heavens. I don't even know how to follow that up. Um, <laughs> no, uh, there is something to be said about being approachable, for one. Um, I know a lot of people who are very timid or shy um around like big groups of people uh so that's certainly something to consider as someone who might be approaching others is it might not necessarily be you it might genuinely be them um i know i've had multiple conversations uh with multiple different people that have said stuff like no they're actually very shy um but they like and it was a huge compliment. Um, they like sitting with me because I just talk to anybody. Um, what they don't realize is my talking to just anybody is me being very, very nervous. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's my default. I'm very fortunate for that, apparently, from what I've been told by multiple shy individuals, um, because they just don't say anything. They're worried that it's going to be bugging them and so they just won't act versus me where it's like oh no I'm totally bugging them right now but that's okay because they're still here they're still smiling oh help me now <laughs> and uh, I believe you said you have an excuse for when you like ask people out to dinner and things like that what is your excuse <laughs> my excuse is I just don't know any better um, because I'm so new still I don't know what if it's allowed or not so why not just ask and worst thing happens is they say no because they have other plans, you know, which has happened. You know, we, um, I know I've tried to get together uh, a couple times with different people, but unfortunately they've already been booked up for that particular event, which is, you know, whatever. There's plenty of events. It's, it's nothing I took personally. Um, but I know Joe was just walking by at Pike's Peak and you're like, hey, did you want to join us for breakfast? As she was like trying to figure out where to sit. And she goes, yeah, sure. I'd love to, you know. And it's just a matter of, would you like to join us? You know, she could have said no. She could have sat somewhere else. She took the opportunity to sit with us. Very fortunate. Very blessed. Um, but it took you just asking. So it, it's something to consider um, when you're at these events. You know, you're not going to have an answer unless you ask. Yeah, and actually, now that you mention it, that's a, a sort of a good attitude to have. And it's sort of what they do in improv as well. The idea of yes and instead of no but. Like, just say yes and see what happens. Because at a dance event, yes will probably lead to good things. <laughs> like maybe taking a class you wouldn't have thought to take. And your friend is like, hey, so I wanted to try that gimme, gimme, gimme dance. It looked uh, it looked interesting. A lot of hand movements and shakes. And you'd be like, oh, gimme, what is that? Oh, it's a Rebecca Lee. I've seen that name. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll try it. And then you try it and you're like, wow, my body moves in new ways now. 
but if you if you think no, I could instead just do you know something more in my comfort zone, or I can go to the restaurant and like stare at the ceiling or whatever. Then you're not going to have that new experience. And even if you never do that dance again, at least you have that experience, and you'll always have that memory with the people that you took the class with. Yeah, there's a, a couple things that come to mind off of what you just said. Um, one of them is, had you not said yes to taking the lesson for Skinny Love, uh, another one would have been uh, the first time I took a different lesson from you, like you wanted to take this lesson, but I wanted to take that lesson. I believe it was um, you took Chase That Dollar and I took Crash. And now we both know both of them. Yeah. But um, I'm pretty sure that was one of them that we had done separately. And it's like it was really scary at the idea that it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess you're going to be over there and I'm going to be over here. And you're like... I made friends with the people around me. You know, it's, it's okay. I'm sure you did the same thing in your class where you talked to one or two people, which you probably wouldn't have had talked to prior because, you know, normally we're together in the class and normally we're standing near each other taking the same class. Um, so that was an interesting experience, but it was nice because the people around me were smiling and having a good time and encouraging. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm safe here. You know, it's, it's, it's not that scary. Um, another thing comes to mind with, um, uh, saying yes in general, I knew that I wanted to take a lesson from Jill at Pike's Peak because I haven't had a lesson from her yet. I knew I wanted to take a lesson and it worked out that it was run me like a river. Well, originally, although I really liked the song, I was hesitant to learn the dance for some reason or that. Like, I can't even recall what it was now. Um, but for whatever reason, it was just, it wasn't on like my top priorities, but I was like, okay, well, this is the one that she's teaching. I might as well just take this lesson because I don't know when I'm going to have another opportunity. And now one, it was a great lesson. I had a lot of fun in her class and she was a blast as a teacher instructor. Um, I picked up the dance very easily because of her instruction and it's actually one of my favorite dances too it feels so good to be able to hit some of those uh counts and the way it hits in the song and like some of the emphasis that you can put on some of them plus like that stretch when you reach for the apple and you know like stuff like that had I not said yes to you know, I wouldn't have had that same experience. I wouldn't have had those memories. I wouldn't have had that same enjoyment. And again, it was because someone was smiling that I knew I wanted to take a lesson from Jill. She was smiling. She was having fun. I wanted to be a part of that fun. I think that's uh, a big reason why people take John Robinson's classes and probably also Simon. <laughs> Uh, there are some personalities out there that you just want to be around because you don't know what they're going to say or do, but it's probably going to be good. Joanne Brady is among them as well. And uh, there's something regarding like going to classes and just kind of putting yourself out there and you know smiling and being your positive self um, that relates to something called the mere exposure effect, uh, which I believe is like an advertising concept if I had to put it into any category. And it's the idea that if somebody has seen a particular brand name uh, and they know nothing else about 
any of the other brands that are competing with it, if they just recognize that name, they will choose it. All other things being equal, uh, similar with like um, voting. Why so many people will put their names out on billboards everywhere and on people's front lawns? Uh, because if people don't choose by party, which honestly is probably what's going to happen more often than not, people just choose what their own party is. They will choose the name they recognize the most. If they have only seen one person's name on a tiny little flyer in front of like the library versus another person's billboard and several signs along the freeway, they'll be like, oh, well, that person seems to know what they're doing. I guess I'll vote for them. If you are putting yourself into a lot of workshops and showing up and standing up straight and being positive and maybe chatting with a couple of people around you, you might not notice who's looking, but somebody probably sees you and they probably see you being positive and smiling and having a, an effect on people around you that puts those other people at ease. So if they have to sit somewhere during dinner and they're alone and they don't know who to sit next to, they might choose to sit next to you because they saw how you were with other people. And then you get to make a new friend and they're the ones who come to you. So how easy is that? <laughs> you have a really good point there because I don't know how many times um, I've had people come up to me after the fact of doing something and them saying like, oh, I had so much fun watching you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, people were watching me. Like it just doesn't even occur to me in the moment but afterwards they'll mention it that oh yeah we were watching you do this and this was really cool or that was really neat how you did that and it's like oh so when you think about that if you're smiling just doing nothing but sitting there and you're smiling people will still be looking around the room and they'll see you smiling in the words of a wise crooner uh when you're smiling the whole world smiles with you. This next point here probably requires a little bit of translation for the dance crowd. Share a hymnal. Help them find the reading or song. Give them your hymnal and take another. Step sheet. Share a step sheet. Help them find the steps that they're on at the front of the class or song. Give them your step sheet and take another. You could also say, like, workshop schedule. Also good, yeah, because you could probably find a new one and they need that one more than you. Keep index cards with you. Take notes on your smartphone. You'll discover that many people sit in the same general area, and you'll soon be calling them by name. This also makes it easier to recognize guests. I do this when I go to Stoney's. If I meet a new person at Stoney's Rock and Rodeo in Sacramento, California, they will give them give me their name but whether i remember it is up to how much effort i put into remembering it and i don't want to have to inconvenience them by asking them later if i could have done more to remember it the first time uh, what i will do is repeat it a couple times in my head after they walk away i try to tell myself or i imagine uh, telling other people what their name is. And I say, oh, earlier, about five seconds ago, I met such and such person. And I'll write it in the margins of my piece of paper where I write all the dances uh, that were played over the course of the night. And then I'll try, as I'm leaving the venue, to uh, remember back in a list all of the people whose names I met, all the people's names who I met that night. 
And it's just like remembering a dance where if you do it the one time and you never do it again, you're probably going to forget the dance. Uh, If you do it and then you do it again later, like seeing a person later and referring to them by name, that'll help a lot. But even if all you do is meet them the first time, just like doing a dance and think about it later, sometimes I'll play a song and think the dance or I'll think the counts and I might not have a chance to dance it again for a while, but thinking about it every so often still keeps it strong in my mind. So if you're thinking about the people's names and trying to picture what they looked like, that will help. Um, as they say here, taking written notes will also make it more concrete. And then you can review later, just like you're studying for a test. It's kind of interesting that I don't remember where I got this tip from (laughs) or who gave it to me, but I remember speaking with someone and they mentioned how when they get someone's name, they clarify the spelling, even if it's as simply a, you know, a name as simple as like Jane, J-A-N-E, right? Um, you know? And it's, it's one of those things that helps them recall it. Um, the other thing that I know you and I are really, really good about is we will introduce each other to the person we just met. And this way it also gives us an opportunity to repeat the name. Hey, Christopher, this is my friend, or this is my new friend, Jane. Jane, this is my new, you know, this is Christopher. You know, and it's a put, you know, you get that introduction. That person gets to meet somebody else. Um, you get to meet somebody and it helps me say the name one more time. It helps me remember, gives me a little bit more to work with. Um, there's been a couple people I've done that with at Stoney's that I've now become friends with Facebook on because, you know, you just took that extra little step or whatever, uh, to introduce them to somebody and you made their night that much more memorable and impressionable. And yeah, two things that help with the name thing. Um, like when you're doing the spelling thing, this helps if you're a terrible speller and, and they seem surprised that you don't know how to spell Jane and you have to confirm it. Well, you could be like, Oh yeah, I just want to be sure it wasn't like J A Y N or Steve could be S T E E V or Tom could be T A W M. Like you can get real weird if you want. Um, also if you are meeting a person that has a name that you are almost certain has been associated with other people in history before, try to find a different association and they'll probably appreciate it. If they say their name is Marilyn, you don't have to go with Marilyn Monroe. I know it's the easy way to go, but maybe you think to yourself like, oh, oh, like the state Maryland, but without the D. And then they would probably rather hear that than yes, like Marilyn Monroe. I've heard that for the millionth time now. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Uh, one of my very close and dear friends' name is Celine, and she hates when people say, like, Celine Dion? <laughs> Even Selena Gomez would be better than that, I think, for her, especially since she's a singer. <laughs> yeah. All right. <clears throat> Next up. Intentionally watch for visitors. It's difficult to be a first-time guest, but just one willing person, that's you, can help put them at ease. Introduce yourself. Write his or her name on your index card or make a note on your smartphone. Make a goal to call him or her by name when he or she returns. Tell that person you're glad to meet them. I I find that even though it's it's um, a simple little thing that tell that person you're glad to meet them, having some kind of emotional response to a person or really any event will help that stick out more in your memory. So if you can get yourself really amped up 
by something about them. Maybe they have like a dog and you love dogs or you, you find out if you say like, where are you from? And they can say where they're from and you can associate that with something positive, anything at all, or some kind of joke. Like, let's say they're from Wisconsin. So you say something about, uh, do they really eat cheese? That's what I've heard. Like, is there a lot of cheese there? Like Idaho, are, are you a big like potato eater? Like blah, whatever. Like find a way to say it tactfully, but associate it with an emotion. That way you'll remember having that emotion and that emotion is thanks to your new friend, blah. But if talking to them is like talking to beige wallpaper, then you're not going to remember them. So find some way to color them in, in your mind. It's been a good day for wallpaper on Line Dance Podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> and now you have that association. You're welcome. In my room, I think it's just all paint. White white paint with one accent wall. No wallpaper here. Anyhow, um, find real, like, legitimate reasons why you are excited to meet them also. Like, Whatever it is, like find find a way to make it a game for yourself. Like I wanted to meet like three guys and three girls, and now you've met this person. It's like awesome. I needed one more guy to complete the set, so I'm so glad this person came along. Or oh wow, I've never met a person from Alaska before. Like I've only met people from all the other states in America, but now I finally met Alaska. Thank you so much for being here. Or I've never met somebody under five feet tall. <laughs> You're like, I'm not even going to finish that thought. <laughs> Any thoughts from you, Megan? You keep my life entertaining. <laughs> That's my yeah. thought. No. Um, it's true. Like Making those mental notes or associations certainly makes it easier to remember people um, in the future. And just, just taking the effort. That's the biggest thing is like people enjoy the effort um i know the other day when cat was writing your name and she's like hold on hold on hold on let me try let me try i know that made it more fun for you than her just guessing and getting it right or guessing and getting it wrong she was like no no i want to try i want to get this right you know um and you appreciated her effort in the trying and clarifying before she did get it wrong Actually, I think she did get it right. She did. Yes. And I, I noted that the, um, she says, is it easy? And I said, yes, it's so easy to remember the spelling in my name. So if anybody out there is curious how to spell Gonzalez, it's G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z. <laughs> Make a note of that on any written paperwork you have, anything, any checks you want to send my way. <laughs> G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z. Next up on our list, introduce the guest to at least two other people before he or she leaves. Introduce their children to each other and to your own children during coffee hour. Sure, except I don't have kids. But no, um, I know I just just mentioned, you know, like I try and make an effort to introduce whoever I meet to you at least. Um like I said, one, I get the practice, two, you get to meet somebody else, but three, they get to meet somebody else. Um, and it just, it helps, it helps all of us in the conversation, having that one extra person to come up with new questions or keep the conversation going than just the original two people, having that third person 
um, I know you can ask questions that don't normally come to my mind. You know, when I'm, in, you know, meeting someone for the first time, they're like, "Oh, that that would have been a really cool thing to ask them." Duh, huh? Go figure. You know, and then same thing. You know, I'll ask or I'll mention things and get them talking about certain subjects that you otherwise don't have any experience with. So why would you think to talk to them about that? It also helps when you have friends who have really cool stories and you've already heard all of them, but you know that they love telling that story. It gives you a chance to ask your friend um, to relay whatever that experience was to the new person. And then they get to relive all of that for you know the first time with this new person. Uh, it also, in a way, it's sort of like when you're trying to remember a new fact and you have to tie it into other things in your life to make it real. Like if you're just trying to remember you know, uh, a date or something and that date is arbitrary. It could be any any sequence of numbers and you could imagine it being one way or another just as easily. Uh, if you tie it in with a couple of different things, then it will fit into that pattern almost as though it was meant to be that date, that sequence of numbers. It had to be that because anything else wouldn't make sense. Until you tie it in with other things, it is just a floating point, arbitrary, like dust. So... When you have a person brought into a new situation like a social or a class, they could leave and nothing would change. Like if they just show up and then they're gone and they didn't make any impact, then that's it. That's like the beginning and end of their story. But if you make an imp- if you help them to make an impression on the people around them, then really that social couldn't have happened any other way. Like for for events to have transpired the way that they did by the end of it, they never would have gotten there except with this person's influence in some small way. Like our social or Dolly's class today concluded with us meeting the two new folks. And if they had just shown up and left and never interacted with anyone, we wouldn't have noticed. But now we remember and like when we give a, like a review or a timeline of how today's class went, we would say, well, we came in, we did this, we jumped in for the this dance. And then at the end, we met such and such person and, you know, the person that that person came with. Like Cupid Shuffle, for example, we would not have done Cupid Shuffle during today's class if it were not for those two people. They are now tied into the memory of everybody who is in the class because we all remember doing the Cupid Shuffle with the new people. And then after that, we did the one with the box turns, uh, Aussie. And again, we might not have done that if it weren't for those two people. So now we all remember that they were there because we put something into our bodies that said today was different. Today was special in some way. Yeah. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, it was Chai and John. Yes. So there's my effort for the day to remember. Um, but yeah, no, the, and that's certainly something that I took note of when I figured out that they were, I didn't know if they were first timers or if they were just new. Um, Cause one, we go, we go pretty regularly enough that I, I know when there's someone new in the class, but I don't, but it's not regularly enough for me to know if this is their first class or not. 
Um, so they could have gone to a couple classes prior to this, or they could have been on vacation and then come back and this be their class or two back from vacation. Um, so I knew that they were new enough that like, it was important for us to be on the floor for say Cupid shuffle or a C, um, for you to teach swinging thing. Um, by Joe Thompson's basket. So that it was a fun and engaging experience for them. I did not realize it was their first time. Um, so that made it all the more important for me to put out that extra little effort. Um, I would also like to credit Rita Thompson as the other half of the choreography team behind Swing Thing. <laughs> um, and that's because, you know, they were first time guests. They were introduced to multiple people. Um, I made an effort to try and catch their names. Um, and I hope that they felt when I said it was nice to meet them, I'm glad they showed up, that you know they actually felt that I, it was nice to meet new people. And I was really glad that they were there. I love when people try things for the first time and show up to new line dancing stuff. Um, even if they find out it's not for them, um, you know, it's like, I like the fact that they tried to, so. Offer a next step. Invite the guest to an upcoming fellowship event. Write down details for the guest. Um, normally, we invite them out for Thursday nights at either Hot Monk or Twin Oaks um, because that's where we teach. Uh, so we include them in the next event outside of this class, but also we, we tell them we hope to see them next week. And also when there are socials that Dolly puts on at the end of the month or Wine Country Line Dance socials, we make sure they know what time, where, how often they are in case they can't go to this one, and if possible, we like to give them something written down because who's going to remember all that information when they've never heard of it before in their life? Take them to the welcome table for further information. Welcome them. This ties in a lot with what was in the last article about all the different things that you can do at the welcome table. Like, you can pair them off with people. Um, you can just kind of hold them there, show them all the stuff that's in the uh, paperwork, and uh, not let them off into the wilderness you know, untethered. You, you want them to have something to, to give them direction. You know, go to this class. When you're done with that class, come back here and I'll, I'll take a look at your schedule. I'll see what would be a good fit for you. Yeah, I mean, it's true. They have like a lot of freshman orientations for schools um, where it's all the freshmen get together and they have activities and they have, um, you know, here's where we hand out the schedules and here's where we do this, that if you have something like that that you can implement um it does tend to help a little bit get people a little bit more familiar um i know every once in a while it's uncomfortable to be called out as the first timer but at the same time um it's nice to feel like you're important that you're making a difference by just being there um, because a lot of times when people say it's their first or when you hear that it's someone's first time, most line dancers that I've experienced are really, really excited that you're there. And they put in that little bit of extra effort 
to make you feel welcomed. So um, having the idea of bringing, being able to tell them, oh, yeah, you know, after this we have, um, you know, a, a little gathering where we have some food set to the table or we'll take a break here and there. Um, this is kind of where you can meet people and talk to people. Um, did you need a schedule or anything like that? Oh, I'm going to take you over here. This is where we keep the step sheets for the lessons that we're teaching today. Anything simple like that. Um, I know I've handed out some of the, the, uh, playlists before and be like, did you get a copy of this? Here's all the dances we're going to be doing later today. Um, and just kind of just taking that one little extra something to really show an effort to them to make them feel welcomed and important. It's like that saying, uh, knowledge is power. When you don't have any knowledge of the environment or the situation, and it seems like everybody else does, you don't want to let anyone know how little you know. So if you as a greeter can secretly fill the person in on everything they need to know, like immediately just like here's the bathroom here's how long we're going until if you want to jump in on a dance it's totally all right maybe you want to do it in the back of the row so that you know no one really notices that you're following along uh, you can give them those little hints so that they can if they want to blend in uh, that's where the, the welcome table can do all those things like fill in their information about scheduling and uh, and whatnot uh, it, it kind of helps level them very quickly with everybody else, which will put them more at ease. So they don't feel like they're bugging people just because they asked them the third question in a row about something that they honestly really needed to know. Like now they're showing how little they know and that can be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Offer friendship. Give him or her your personal contact info and encourage each guest to email or call you with questions. Invite him or her to join you in the community room after services for a cup of coffee and snacks. Be sure to invite him or her to come again for worship next Sunday. <clears throat> to come again for dancing next week. <laughs> I like your um, amendment there. Um, I know the other day when we were at Hot Monk, I was talking with someone and, and they were asking like how often we do this. And I wrote down every bit of information I could possibly think of. I gave them uh, Jeff's website. I gave them Jeff's name. I gave them your name. I gave them my name. I gave them my phone number and my email address. I gave them uh, linedancepodcast.com. You know, like, I gave them so much information that I'm like, any of this will pretty much tell you what you need to know. Um, and then I wrote down the dates because it's a little bit tricky with uh, how our schedule works considering it's a first and third sun- or Thursday at one location, then a second and fourth at a different location. Um, so it's a little bit tricky with that, but I wrote those down, but I, I reiterated back to that first website being um, Jeff's page. And he said, but again, you can find out all the schedule information at this website right here um, that Jeff, our DJ tonight, graciously has put together and and you know he posts updates through this site a lot so you'll get all the up-to-date information right here um and she was so happy about it and she was so grateful for it she was thank you so much i can't wait to see you guys again um and it's just taking that extra moment i mean i know you were up on stage teaching one of the 12 lessons of the night that we taught to come accumulative um and I was like dehydrated. So I walked over to the water and there was someone over 
at the water station. And so I just started talking to them, asked them how they're liking the night, how they're, if they're having fun, have they been here before? Um, you know, and found out that, you know, like her and two other people that she was with that night were teachers and it's been years since they've been out line dancing and they've been having so much fun and they love that there's so many teachers for the night because they get different experiences and that we've really geared it towards the beginner so that they feel like they get to come and dance the whole night as opposed to, you know, most places they get a lesson maybe two and then the rest is if you feel comfortable and confident enough to jump on the floor and follow um whereas the way we did that particular night it was like lesson after lesson after lesson after lesson um very quick lessons so we got to jump into dancing very quickly but they really really appreciated that and they told me how they want to come back each time because of that fact so the fact that you know, I was over there getting water and I just said, hi, I got all of this information that then can help us put on a better experience for more people. Yeah, that's really what it's all about. That's what that information does. It's like when people have those community feedback cards for like Vegas or uh, Windy City or any of the other events, like they actually want to make things better. And I mean, better can mean so many different things that specifically better for the people who were actually there because those are the people who are probably going to be there next year. I mean, it's it's one thing to abstractly just change a bunch of things and say, well, it's improvements for the people we hope to have next time. Realistically, like the majority of the people that you're going to get the following year are the people who were just there. So make them happy. And if you can change other things that might bring in other people, that's great. But, you know, first of all, take care of your incumbents. We understand that you may be an introvert. So might the guest be an introvert. Perhaps your goal is to become a friendly introvert. It may be a shared goal. Extending the hand of friendship and exchanging shy smiles does not change the introvert part of the equation. It simply increases the friendly part on both sides. A warm welcome and extending the hand of friendship can mean so much to those seeking a dance community. Try these ideas out and let me know how it goes at margodixon2 at gmail.com. I mean, yeah, that that's ultimately the idea is you want to bring in more people, but you want to attend to the people who are there currently um, by making it memorable, by making it a positive experience, an encouraging one, an inclusive one. They're likely to tell a friend. And drag a friend next time. Well, then that friend is going to have hopefully that same inclusive, welcoming, warm feeling that they're going to drag somebody else. Perfect example was when you got me to go to Wine Country Line Dance for the first time. I loved it so much. It's now family. And I brought my sister just, you know, a month or two back. And now she loves it. She's looking forward to it every month. So it really is about the whole environment that you and your community want to set. Um, And it can start with you. As far as what they're saying about introverts, those can be some of the strategic assets you have in your arsenal when you're trying to bring a new person in 
depending on how they are, what their disposition is, you might say, oh, okay, they're really outgoing and, and they want to get in the middle of everything and like dive into to everything that's um, that's in front of them. Let's throw like a Simon, Joanne, Jill kind of person at them. Or, oh man, they look like they're going to freak out if one of those people comes barreling at them. Let's let's find one of our maybe more reserved people, um, like a Rona Kay or a Brenda Chateau, somebody who can not scare them. <laughs> and um, and I'm sure Joanne would be great at this as well. Uh, but uh, you know, folks who who kind of understand where the shy person would be coming from, and kind of meet them there, and then go through that process together into the ballroom. Uh, I like how they say. Extending the hand of friendship and exchanging shy smiles does not change the introvert part of the equation. It simply increases the friendly part. And I like that. As somebody who you know grew up with a fanny pack and rolly backpack and was in honors whatever classes and didn't have a girlfriend until I was what like twenty two, twenty three. I think it was. I think it was twenty two. Um, like, yeah. Uh, I know what it's like to be that introvert, <laughs> and. Um, and you're, you're welcome if I'm at an event, throw me at some new person and and we can talk about quiet things. <laughs> uh, but then, you know, once they're a little more out there... <laughs> I, you can throw me at them? <laughs> yeah, that, that too. <laughs> uh, also, in our last few seconds here on the show, we, I'd like to give some shout-outs to Julie Lockton for, you know, as always, um, introducing us as her show ends. Uh I, I, we really appreciate that, just knowing that we're part of the Move Radio family. And, uh, you know, the other people at Move Radio, David Morgan and, uh, and Edward Lawton, and uh, certainly, certainly Mark G., who just had his last show uh, with Move Radio recently. You have done so much to inspire and encourage myself and Megan. Back when we were just listening to your show on Conscious Sounds, you know, Conscious.org, um, or Conscious... Not sure exactly what the full title is, but um, your show and you know how fun you were for um, you know bringing in tracks, uh, whether you know familiar or new, uh, giving us shout outs and saying you know hi to your friends in sunny California while it's whatever temperature over there in the UK uh, and and time yeah uh, we, we definitely want to give a big thanks to to Mark G for uh, for everything uh, you've done for for the line dance community and uh, and we hope to you know eventually meet you in person maybe at like a, a future essex or a masters or crystal boot something or other yeah I, i'd love to see if we can't pull off an essex next year yeah yeah i mean from the look of it this year went really well so uh, you know maybe we can we can uh, make that happen we'd also of course like to thank all of our listeners especially those new listeners who are tuning in from uh, the the world line dance newsletter um, audience. Uh, we just recently had uh, a note um, put out through the newsletter uh, letting people know that we're here. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all uh, who have been with us for a long time now. It's been months and months and months. Uh, and, you know, from Move Radio to before Move Radio when we were just doing chats in our car uh we, we would like to thank you all so much for uh for supporting us uh in spirit and uh in clicks um your your um presence makes us know that we're not necessarily just talking to the void or to each other which is fine but you know having other people around is is really great as well so thank you this has been christopher gonzalez with 
Megan Bristol, yeah. And until next time, the two of us will see, see you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.